about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Praise God. Take your Bibles this morning. It's just so good to be an American, even in times like this, when you are in contact with other countries and other things out there. We think that we've, we've got it so bad, but, I mean, you look around at some of these other countries, they are really, I mean, in a mess at this point, so. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Corinthians this morning, chapter 4. All right, 1 Corinthians 4, are you there? All right, look at verse 19. Paul says, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know, not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, it is in what? The kingdom of God is in what? Come on, some of you haven't been here in a while, but, but uh, you know, the kingdom of God is in what? Thank you. Praise God. Thank you very much. That helped me tremendously this morning. Yes, notice the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is also in something called power. Now, what you've got to understand is when a crisis hits, like the crisis that has hit, it affects everybody. It just doesn't affect people who are not kingdom people, but also people who are kingdom people. A crisis basically affects everyone. Not anybody is exempt from what goes on, no matter what the crisis is. Basically, the world takes a crisis in and what they think, and they'll give you their views on it, and they'll give you their natural remedies for it, and they'll give you all these things. But notice here it says, as kingdom people, we have something the world doesn't have. We have something called power. Now, the word there, power, is basically divine ability. It is divine wisdom. So you have divine ability and divine wisdom over any crisis that comes our way simply because you're a new creation and you have something called power, which is God's ability. So there's a separation. That's why you have to get your information when any crisis hits your life from the power and the wisdom of God in you rather than from everything else around you there. Most Christians turn on the news, they turn on this expert, turn on that expert, and they're forming opinions in their own life based on what someone else is trying to tell them, and that will not work for you. What works for you, because you know why? It's not working for anybody else, not even the experts. But what works for you is the kingdom power and the wisdom on the inside of you. You can hear from God directly what to do in any situation. And how many know God knows? He might have an idea how to get out of the mess or keep you going in the mess or whatever he does. So you've got to have wisdom from God. Not even, you know, even the prophets. You know, the prophets were all over Facebook and you get one prophecy and one. And half the time they were even contradicting each other, you know, on what to do. And you can listen to those things, but ultimately you're responsible that's why he just didn't give power to the prophet and power to this. You've got power on the inside of you, and that power is for you to get wisdom of what to do in the situation because even it affects everybody differently. It doesn't affect everybody the same. So notice, the kingdom of God is not about a bunch of talk. This is what I think. Well, that's what I think. No, it's about power, basically, that God has given us and wisdom he has given us. So I have power. See, I have a miracle. I have God's wisdom on the inside of me. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3.
Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 4. It says, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to th- think anything of ourselves. Are you in the wrong place? Everybody good? You're in the wrong place? All right. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 4. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from who? God. Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit does what? Now notice, here it tells you that God has made you an able minister. He's not going to make you an able minister. He has already made you a able minister. That word there, able, is basically power. He's given you power and ability to minister the New Testament into the lives of people. And how do you know it's got to be ministered into your life first? So you're a minister not only to people, but also to yourself. God has given us all things, the Bible says, that pertains to life and godliness. If that's true, then what are we lacking? We're not lacking anything, are we? We have God's power. We have God's ability. The church has been lacking nothing for 2,000 years now. But the church has had the ability of God. It's had the authority of God. He has commanded the church to go. He's commanded the church to heal. He's commanded the church to cast out, to resist, to rule our lives on the earth with the ability that He's placed on the inside of me. Say, I have have ability ability on the inside of me. Yet most of the time, I see most of the body of Christ sitting around waiting for God to do what He empowered us and told us to do. Come on, God, do it, do it, do it. I had a wedding yesterday, and I read the love chapter. Of course, love is patient, love is kind, and you know, they're both standing there smiling because everybody's always heard that before. And I said, let me bring it down to earth. Then I put their name in it. Tom is patient. Tom is kind. Tom never holds a grudge. And how many know their faces changed? See, when you take it down to a personal level to you, anybody can read a scripture and think it pertains to everybody else. But when you find out that God is speaking directly to you in all these scriptures and find out that you have the ability, notice not just the pastor, not just the prophet, not just the expert, but you have the ability of God on the inside of you to do what he's told you to do. And according to the Bible that I see here, what God has placed in my heart over the last 20-some years, basically there is going to be a group of people who rise up, praise God, and understand what's on the inside of them, the ability on the inside of them, the power on the inside of them, and the wisdom on the inside of them. And when crisis is hit, they are going to be the light that shines. They're going to be the salt of the earth that's there rather than going down to the world with everybody else because they're getting their opinions on everything rather than their own wisdom that's on the inside of them. Praise God. So there is going to be a last day people. Praise God. I hope it comes soon. You know, I've believed this since I was 40 years old, but now I'm a little bit older and time running short. It's time to get that people and time to get them moving. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew chapter 4. All right, Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 17. I probably looked at this scripture a million times. It says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is near, or is here. So here's Jesus' sermon. He says, Repent. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, when I read this originally, I just thought that I better straighten up. It says straighten up because Jesus is coming back pretty soon. 
and I wasn't straightened up yet. But notice that's not what it really says. It says basically that the kingdom of heaven is here. Now you have to change your way of thinking to line up with the kingdom that you now belong to, which is the kingdom of God. So I looked up translations. One says basically that Christ's rulership has now arrived on earth. Another translation says the decline of satanic rule has now begun. Hallelujah. How many know that's good news? So Jesus preached it. Watch. Not only did he preach it, look at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. They brought unto him sick people who were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatics, and those that had the palsy. And he did what? Heal them. Notice, not only did he preach the kingdom, but he demonstrated the kingdom of God. Here it says the sick were healed. It says the demon-possessed were free. It says the lunatics were unloonied. I don't know if that's a word or not, but that's what they were, praise God. Why is that? Why did he do that? Because a new kingdom was now available here on earth at this time. And he says, well, that was Jesus. Well, then he sent 12 disciples out to do the same thing that he did. Then he sent the seven disciples out to do the same thing that he did. And he told the church to demonstrate or prove the ability and power that was already placed on the inside of them. Now, here's Kenneth Weiss' translation. He's one of my favorite. He says, change your thoughts, your attitudes, and your actions, for an invasion of kingdom power is imminent. Change your thoughts, your attitudes, and your actions, for an invasion of the spirit and the invasion of the kingdom power is imminent. You need to change your thinking. At one time, you know, when I was younger in the ministry, the first couple years, and, you know, we were running 40, 50 people, basically, and I saw some of them churches on TV who were running like thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I'm saying, God, I'm doing everything you told me to do. I'm studying the Word. I'm putting the Word out there, preaching the Word to people, but I got 50 people, and these people are out there, and I got all these people. Probably never did that to God, but I have several times. And God spoke to me, and He said, I've not called you to be a motivational speaker. He said, I've not anointed you to motivate people. I've anointed you to change people. How many know people don't like change? So since entering the kingdom of God and being born of the kingdom of God, this tells you you're no longer a powerless mortal. You're no longer subject to demons. You're no longer subject to kingdom of darkness. You're no longer subject to sickness. You're no longer subject to the curse. You're not the tail. You're not the victim. Why? The kingdom of God has come. Hallelujah. Say the kingdom of God. Oh, it's here. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Once again, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of who? Notice, all things are of God. So here it's talking about when you were born again. Now, in John chapter 3, it talks about you being born again. And we were taught for years, and I was taught for years, you get born again, and once you're born again, your destination then is heaven. That's the whole purpose that you get born again. Well, I found out later on when I read the scriptures in John, basically, that it never even talks about born again, other than, or it never talks about heaven. It talks about being born again and entering something called the kingdom of God. 
So the born-again experience enters you into the kingdom of God. Once you're in the kingdom of God, what happens to you? You automatically become a new creature because you are now in a kingdom, and the new creation is a benefit of being in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? So the destination is the kingdom of God. The Bible says that our inheritance in Matthew chapter 25, one day is going to be the kingdom of God. It's not going to be heaven. It's not going to be the new birth, but it's going to be basically the kingdom of God. And part of that kingdom of God is to be, when you're born into it, to become a new creature. Say a new creature. creature. All right, so I'm a new creation. I get born, I'm a new creation. Now you've got to understand God. Everything that God creates, he creates for a purpose. He's got the ability, so he just doesn't say, well, I'm just going to create this. I feel like creating that today. I feel like creating the sun, the moon. No, everything that God creates has a purpose somewhere. Every bug that you see has a purpose. Every bird that you see has a purpose. Every planet that you see has a purpose. So what does God do? Everything he creates, he actually puts the ability in that thing so it can complete its purpose. He puts it already on the inside of him. Take a fish, for instance. God creates a fish. He gives the fish a desire to swim. He gives the fish a gills. He gives the fish tail. He gives the fish scales. Why does he do that? Because the purpose of that fish is to swim. So God places the ability to complete the purpose that God has for that fish in the fish. Are you following me? Okay, birds were created basically to to fly. So what does God do? He gives them, number one, a desire to fly. Then he gives them wings. Then he gives them feathers. Why? So they have the ability to do what God created them to do. How many know there's not a bird with gills? You don't see too many fish with wings. Why is that? Because that was not their purpose. That's not what they were created to do. So God not only creates things, but he gives them the ability to fulfill the purpose for which he created them. Now let's go to mankind and a new creation. God created mankind a new creation. He created him a new creation so that he could rule and reign on the earth. So God gave him authority. He gave him power. He gave him ability, not just to please man, but to please himself so that man can fulfill the purpose that he was put here to do that was God's purpose to begin with. Are you following me? Oh, Lord, give me power. Oh, Lord, give me power. He wants you to have more power than than you want to have it. Oh, give me authority. No, God gave you authority. Why? So you could complete the purpose for which you were created because I'll tell you what, whatever you create, if it doesn't work... It's not a reflection on the creation. It's a reflection on the one who, come on now, created it. And God don't want a bunch of people not doing what they were created to do because it looks bad basically on him because he's the one who, I mean, if if I'm GE and I make a dishwasher and I send it out to everybody and it doesn't work, nobody gets mad at the dishwasher. They get mad at GE, don't they? GE, GE, GE. And when something doesn't work, notice you don't take it back to Whirlpool, you take it back to the one who made it. Many people are trying to get fixed. (laughs) Trying to get fixed. How am I getting fixed? Buddha. Buddha going to fix me. No, Buddha ain't going to fix you, brother. Ain't going to work. You got to go back to the original creator, the one who originally made you to get fixed if you're broken and that would be Christ again or it'd be God again. Are you following me? So everything that has a purpose out here, God not only gives you a purpose, but thank God he gives you the ability on the inside to do it. When God, I got re- born again and became a new creation, God called me to pastor. How many know all the pastor ability that I ever needed was not out here? It was already in here. That's right. God put it on the inside of me. Go, teach the people. Go, instruct the people. Go, lay hands on the people. Go, lay hands. How, how many know the Holy Ghost had to convince me 
of who I was, what I was supposed to be doing, how I was supposed to be doing it, if I'm going to, and if I want to find out how to pastor, I'm not going to Pastor Joe. I'm not going to Pastor Jim. I can learn something from them, but I've got to go to the one who created me and put me in the position to do it. Are you following me? So everybody that he creates, everybody that he does, and here it says, if any man be in Christ, notice he is, say is. Yeah. Notice he's not going to be. Most of the church spends 60 years trying to become what God has already made them. How you doing, brother? Are you, are you getting better? Are you becoming a new creation? Ah, I've been trying for 40 years, struggling and a fighting to become a new creation. I'm getting a little bit better every day. Well, you shouldn't be trying to become something that was a benefit of entering the kingdom of God. So entering the kingdom of God, not only did I enter the kingdom of God, but one of the benefits of the kingdom of God is when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But also I am a new creation. Why? Because I got born again and entered the kingdom of God. It is another benefit that God has given me, basically. What for? To fulfill my purpose that he put me here on the earth from. And when I first got in the church, everybody denied the power. Do you have the power? I should stay not. God has all the power. And don't you touch it. Don't you touch the power, because God will stick you down right now, praise God. So what, what, what's the church doing? They're bringing people in, taking from them what they need to fulfill their purpose, telling them they don't have it, then they want to keep coming back to church to try to get it. Well, I mean, you're going to be coming to church a thousand years to get something you already got. Are you following me? So what is that? It's another thing. It's a religious thing that gets you going, and you'll have more power if you do this. Now, the power, of course, depends on how you're walking with the Lord and everything, but on the inside of you, there is power, there is ability on the inside of you. So that's why born again and going to heaven doctrine basically has eliminated everything in between. Are you born again? Yes. Going to heaven? Yes. What's it? That's it. It gave me a hope for the future, but it did not give me power and authority for now to handle my situations, to handle my circumstances, to raise up as a king as I was supposed to be. All at once, the gospel of the kingdom became a joyous thing, the gospel of heaven was good because I could basically try to do my best and go to heaven when I die. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That I could have peace, then I could have joy. But the kingdom gives me peace now. The kingdom gives me joy now. The kingdom gives me power today, not tomorrow, today. It gives me the anointing now. It gives me rulership right now. That's what's different about the kingdom. Once you enter the kingdom, all these other things basically are followed in and come. It's just like I said a couple weeks ago. It's like a cruise. You go on a cruise, you're going to take a cruise, you pay your $1,200, you enter into the ship, praise God. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And when it's time to eat on the buffet, you don't have to pray again because the buffet is a benefit of entering the ship. Are you following me? Entertainment. You don't have to pay for extra entertainment. You don't have to do this. Because you entered the ship and the price was paid, entertainment comes free, praise God. You can go to every show you want to. You can eat at the buffet all you want to. You can leave your room and come back expecting it to be fully cleaned up with a little towel on there. It looks like an elephant. <laughs> come on, ain't that the truth? Or a monkey or whatever it's going to be. Why is that? All these things are benefits of entering into the cruise ship. Let me tell you another thing. There's a gym on a cruise ship. Now, I've been on a bunch of cruises. I don't think I've ever been to the gym except for the drawings where you try to win something. I've never ran one machine. I've never done anything. But that doesn't mean that the gym is not available to someone who enters a cruise. It just means it's available, but I'll be danged if I'm going to go there. See, it's the same way to the kingdom of God. If you're not living in peace, it's not because God didn't give you peace when you enter the kingdom of God. If you're not operating in power, it's not because God didn't give you power when you enter the kingdom of God. If you're not operating in authority, it's because it's already available for you, but you don't know it. And since you don't know it, it's all inclusive. It's like buying a house. How many when you bought your house then had to go and, and, and try to get the yard? 
Come on. Well, we got a house now. Now let's try to get the yard in the garage. No, all those things when you bought your house were benefits of and came with. Are you following me? So when we entered the kingdom, not just going to heaven, but we entered the kingdom of God, we became a brand new creation. What did God do? He put the ability on the inside of us to fulfill our purpose, to fulfill our plan, to fulfill everything that he wanted done. Notice it wasn't yours. It's what he wanted done. He had you figured out before you were born. He's the one that knit you together in your mother's womb, the Bible says. So now he gets you born. He puts back in you the ability to do what you want to do. So what am I going to do? I'm going to seek God. I'm going to find out what that ability is. I'm going to find out how to use that ability. I'm going to understand that ability. I'm going to believe what the word says about me. Are you a new creation? Yes. Well, how did you become that way? I got born again in the kingdom of God. Well, what did you do? Nothing. I got born in the kingdom of God. So Jesus comes. He pays the whole price to get us on the kingdom cruise. And most of us are just on. We're not eating a buffet. Definitely not going to the gym. Come on, we're not doing anything that's here. But all these things are included to us. In other words, you've got power this morning whether you know it or not. You've got authority this morning, whether you know or not. You may have never used it before in your entire life, but it's been there since you were born again. If you've been born again for 70 years and you've been sitting on power that you don't know you have, but notice if you're a kingdom person, you already have it. Glory to God. Go to Acts chapter 1. If you just accidentally act on the authority or power you have, you've got to be careful because it might work. And if it does, not only does it blow the person's mind, half the time it blows your mind. Because you weren't even expecting it to work to begin with. You were just doing it, trying to be obedient to God. Not once you laid hands on somebody, the power of God hit them, and they got healed. And you're saying, wow, gee whiz, that's good. Yeah, why? Because there's power on the inside of you. All right, Acts chapter 1. Look at verse 1. The former test trees have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to what? Of things pertaining to what? So here's Jesus. Jesus with the disciples approximately around three years. If you read the Gospels, the only thing and all the time he taught them, he taught them on what? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. So he goes, suffers, dies, is raised from the dead. He's got 40 days before he's going to leave the earth. You know what he taught on? Kingdom, kingdom of God. And there's people that, I, that, that I've ran into that said, I've heard three sermons on the kingdom and I just can't get it. Well, hang around a while. Come on now. You don't get everything that's, that's counterwise to what you've been thinking for 40 years and all at once something brand new comes that's lined up with the kingdom of God. How many know the, the word of God is like a seed? And that seed's getting planted in you, and every time you hear another sermon, it gets a little bigger. And every time you get another sermon, I didn't understand it, it gets a little bigger, it gets a little bigger. Actually, in Math chapter 13, that we'll cover sometime, basically, it talks about when the gospel of the kingdom is preached and not understood, the enemy comes immediately to steal with it. Now, why would the enemy come if you ain't understanding what's being preached? Because he knows that if you stick around... You're going to start understanding the kingdom ways, the kingdom authority, the kingdom power, how to live in peace and joy and victory. And basically, he's got to get that out of you before you start understanding the thing. So here it talks about he preached for 40 years the kingdom of God. Oh, what did he preach? Look at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. 
Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they were therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has in his own power. Now this, this little section right here helps me a lot as a minister because it keeps me from getting discouraged. Because Jesus talked to these guys for three years. They lived with him. They ate with him. They slept with him. He was raised from the dead and taught them on the kingdom of God for 40 years or 40 days. 40 days and three years he's taught them. Praise God. And he says, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost is coming. Your ability's coming. Your power is coming. And they said, are we going to take over Israel now by a coup? Are we going to have a military attack? Is that what we're going to? He's got to be thinking, oh, my God. I just wasted three years and 40 days, praise God. These people don't understand nothing whatsoever. See, they were still locked into Jesus jumping on a white horse, leading them into battle, taking over the territory, doing whatever. But notice what he says. Look at verse 8. He says, here's the answer. But you shall receive, you shall receive. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So notice he says, here's what I'm trying to get across to you. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and live in you, and you are going to receive you are going to receive ability. You are going to receive what you need and what Adam lost to fulfill your purpose while you were created here to be, begin with. You're going to receive authority, and you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost does what? Come upon you. Come upon you. Do you have power? No, I ain't got any power. Did the Holy Ghost come upon you? Oh, yes. Well... Well, I know it says that, but I ain't felt goosebump one in three weeks. It doesn't say you shall receive a goosebump when the Holy Ghost come upon you. It doesn't say you shall receive a feeling when the Holy Ghost come upon you. It says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So what's my evidence of having power in my life? My evidence is basically, did I enter the kingdom of God? Did I get born again? Did I get the benefit of the Holy Ghost? If I got the Holy Ghost, then I must have so it doesn't matter whether I feel like it or not. As a matter of fact, the most power that's ever flown out of me is when I didn't have a feeling. Because all I could do is use straight faith. I don't feel like it. It don't look like it. But I'll tell you what, if the Holy Ghost came upon me, then bless God, I got power whether I feel like it or not. And a power of God through faith. But if I had goosebumps all over me, how many know it's easy? Where's the Holy Ghost? Right here. Got me in my hands. I got him in my feet. I got him all over me. Easy to believe then, but notice he doesn't say anything about a feeling there. So why do I have power? I have the Holy Ghost. Why do I have the Holy Ghost? Because he was a benefit of when I entered the kingdom of God. How did I enter the kingdom of God? I got something called born again into the kingdom of God, which made me birthright citizen of the kingdom of God. And all these benefits basically belong to me. They're not something I got to go after. They're something that already belongs to me because I'm in the country of the kingdom of God. Praise God. So here it talks about the Holy Ghost. Now notice what he says here. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall what? You shall what? You shall what? Now notice, it doesn't say anything about going witnessing. It says you shall what? Be a witness. Now, if, if I go to court, or I'm going to court, and I call a witness, the reason why I call a witness is basically because that witness has some evidence. 
I mean, I'm not going to call somebody who don't have any evidence. That would be stupid. So I'm going to call somebody who has evidence, who can come in with evidence to help prove my case. Well, here he says, basically, you will be a witness. You will be a proof provider. You will be one who has evidence of. You'll be the one who has a demonstration of what? Of the Holy Ghost who came on the inside of you and the power that you have on the inside of you. People go out and hand out tracts, and that's fine, but some people need more than a track. Some people need somebody who knows that they have the power of God on the inside of them. Acts chapter 3, the, the crippled man at the gate, John and Peter came and they said, such as we have, we give you. They didn't say, well, we don't have any power, but we're going to pray. And we're going to hope that you rise up. And if you don't, we're going to put a nickel in your cup and everything will be fine for you. No, they said, such as we have, we give you. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you rise up and you walk. And you know what happened? rose up and walked in. How many know that was evidence? That was a proof provider. That was something that was shown basically and showed us basically what we're supposed to do. So we're supposed to be operating basically in the power of God. We are supposed to be witnesses of the power and the ability of God that's on the inside of us. Even with your wisdom in you sometime, you can be evidence of the kingdom of God. Because you can get supernatural wisdom to help somebody. You get supernatural wisdom to help yourself sometimes. God will bring it up on the inside of you. And when it comes up, you know that you know that you know that you know that it didn't come from you. Because you never had that thought before. And there's the key. Change your attitudes, your actions, and your thoughts. And the problem with us is we've been taught not to use the ability that God has given us from authority, given us the ability. And you know why that is? Because God's in control of everything. Why should I use my authority if God's going to do something about it? Why should I do something? There'd be no reason whatsoever for me to do Why should I have faith if God's going to do whatever God wants to do anyway? Why should I pray if God's going to do what God wants to do anyway? But that's not what it is. He said, let them have dominion. We are the them that now has dominion. And now you are in a position to control things in your life through the power and ability that he gave you. People say, well, God doesn't like that. God's purpose. That's his purpose to begin with. I didn't come into the world and say, gosh, I'm going to pray for power and authority to rule everything. Nobody told me I could rule anything. I was sick all my life. They wanted to take my tonsils out every other week. I'd swell up. They'd get strong. They'd get sore throat. I talk like this. And how I many you know when you're in radio, it doesn't work very well? Times I'd go in radio and I'd just fret and sweat the whole time because every time I opened the microphone, I couldn't talk because my throat was swelled up in there. And everybody said, don't worry about it. It'll get better. Just have them take your tonsils out. You'll do better. Be, 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 be. But then I got born again. Then I got in the kingdom of God. Then I started thinking on the power that was in me. I was thinking on that power delivering me. I was thinking on that power setting me free. I was thinking on that power in the anointing of God casting out devils. I was thinking on the power on the inside of me setting other people free. I was thinking on the power that ability of God had placed on the inside of me. Not only to be a pastor, but the best pastor I could possibly be with what God has called me to do, praise God. I didn't have to be like Brother Joe. I didn't even have to be like Brother Juicy. I just wanted to be me, praise God. I wanted to be what God put in me. I wanted to do what God wanted to do. So I was seeking the kingdom of God, which was on the inside of me, determined the ability that I had, the power that I had, so I could do the best that I could for him. So when I die, I go up there by myself. Your opinion won't matter. Only his. He will say, way to go, good and faithful servant. Now come inherit the kingdom. The kingdom. See? Most people don't think they got a power. Most people don't think they got authority. 90% of the people don't believe they got a purpose. What's your purpose? Get up. Shut the alarm off. Brush my teeth. Go to work. Take an hour lunch. Come home. Come back. Supper better be ready. Good food. Watch Archie Bunker for an hour. 
Now I'm ready for bed. Next day, get up. Shut off the arm. Brush my teeth. Uh, most people do that for 30 years. And you know what they're looking forward to? Retirement. Yeah. And when they get to retirement, they get up, brush their teeth, and they don't know what the heck to do for the rest of the day. <laughs> they just got clean teeth, and they feel good because they're refreshed, and that's it, because they've got no purpose. But notice, God does not create things without purpose. You are alive today because there is a purpose for you that God has in your life. He's put the ability on the inside of the do-it. He's put the power on the inside of the do-it. He put the wisdom on the inside of you to do it. The problem is you're just coasting, coasting through life. Oh, have a dog. That's good. That's my purpose. No, there's purpose on the inside of you and ability on the inside of you. And God wants to reveal that to you because it's just as important for him that you succeed as it is for you that you succeed. And success is predictable. You can predict success. I mean, if you get in the Bible and you study and you seek the kingdom of God and you grow into things of God, I can guarantee you success. If you obey the laws of God, you keep them in your mouth, you keep them in your heart, basically, it will make your way successful and you will have good success. But if you don't do those things, I can predict bad success for you or no success. Why is that? Because you're the one basically determining your success by following the laws of God or not following the laws of God and seeking God and finding out what he wants to do in your life. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to do it. See, I could have kept drinking after I got born again. Got born again at 30, just kept drinking, kept drinking, kept drinking. How many know if I'd have died at 42, I probably wouldn't have gotten my... So I had to stop that. I said, hey, I got a purpose here. I'm not going to kill myself, I've decided. I'm not going to do that anymore, so I'm going to stop drinking, praise God. I saw that in the kingdom of God, deliverance belonged to me. Hallelujah. I didn't have to go to 12, 14, 16, 22 steps. I just had to go to the Word and said, praise God, deliverance is mine, therefore I am done with alcohol forever. You know what happened? Fell right off my life. Why? Well, I had authority over it. I had power over it. I had a heart in the right direction, and the ability of God was on the inside of me. All right, go to Luke 24. Ninety percent of it has to do with our thought life. The biggest thing of the Holy Ghost is basically to let us understand what Calvary has already provided for you. That's the toughest job that he's got, to give you anything freely that was already provided for you on the cross, to convince you of those things. I mean, how you've been taught you ain't got any power. You've been taught that you can't do anything, and somebody walks up to you that needs healing and deliverance. I mean, what kind of mindset are you going to be when God wants to work through you to help that person? You're just going to send them to somebody else or you're going to shove them off to the side or tell them your story, which you hope's worse than their story, so that they can help you. But see, it don't work that way. When you've got a mindset of, I don't have any power, I can't do nothing, oh, no, criticalness, judgmental, da 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 I mean, you're not going to be ready to do a miracle. But when you're concentrated and thinking on the power that God has placed on the inside of you, the ability that he's given you on the inside, you are ready to act when God tells you to act. And I'll tell you what, what's gone, Fear. There's no fear when you've meditated on the power. There's no fear, Jesus, no fear in this thing going on right now if you've ever even thought about the power of God that has been placed on the inside of you. Now, if you don't believe that, then you better act accordingly. And if you say you believe in it and you don't, you better act accordingly. You either believe in it or you don't believe in it, and you know... You're not here to impress anybody. We want you to live a long life. 
and be satisfied when you do it. But once you meditate on that power and you know that ability that you've got and you know you're in a kingdom of God and you know that it's as on earth as it is in heaven and I haven't found one person up there sick so far and even people who went up there and came back didn't say they had sick beds up there. So when you understand the power that's on the inside of you and the anointing and the glory that's on the inside of you, greater is he that's than anything that's in the world. And everybody quotes it. Amen. First John 4, 4. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But once again, I'm not trying to put guilt on you. I'm telling you, you can grow into a place on the inside of you where it gets bigger on the inside of you than anything going on here on the outside of you. But that takes meditation. That needs to change your thoughts and your attitudes and your actions. Why? Because the kingdom of God has now come. There must be a change in your thought life in order for that to happen. All right, Luke chapter 24. All right, once again, we saw in Acts, that was Jesus' last command to them. The Holy Ghost will come upon you here in Luke 24, his last commands in verse 49. Jesus says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So here, behold, I send the promise, which of course is the Holy Ghost of my Father upon ye, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, infused, invested with power from on high. Now, we've struggled with this basically because people take this scripture and they believe it for now. So they say, you know what we're doing? We're waiting in the city of Port St. Lucie. <laughs> what? Until we be endued with power from on high. So you know what we're going to do on Wednesday night? We're going to sing, send him on down, send him on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. Let him come down, let him come down, let him come down. But this is before Jesus left. This is before the Holy Ghost was said. Peter said, this is that. This isn't part of that. This isn't some of that. This isn't a little bit of that. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. How many of you got flesh? Praise God. Then you qualify on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. They're going to dream dreams. They're going to have visions. So the church continues to wait, waiting for the next revival, waiting for the next move of God, wanting God to move, 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 move. And yet we've already been given the ability and the power and the anointing of God that's already in our hearts here the whole time, expecting us to do simply for what he called us to do because he's given us the ability basically to do it. Hallelujah. So we're not waiting on anything. We're not waiting on nothing. What are you going to become? A newer, newer creation? A newer plus two creation? No, you've already been created and you've got the ability and the power on the inside of you. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. Since many of you have been home with your kids this whole time and we've got so many roses, we'll give you just two roses to help you out this morning to help you get through the rest of the time that's here. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 20. Talking about God now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or According to the power that what? This is a very revealing scripture here, isn't it? Now unto him that is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or demand or think. Now notice, your mind will limit God in your life. Your mind will limit the power of God in your life. Your mind will limit 
what God can do in your life, even though He can do whatever you think. So the more you think, the more He can do in your life. And how many know He's able? You can't think so far out that God can't do it because God can do all things and He's able to do it. So if I can ask it, if I can think it, if I can demand it, then God's power that comes from where? Heaven? on the inside of me is going to flow forth and it's going to do it in my life. It reminds me so much, I was watching, and I watch old shows, so I was watching Beverly Hillbillies. Ever seen the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. I listened to a story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer, really kept the fam. <laughs> so basically I was watching that and basically there they are and they shoot and this oil comes up from the gown, praise God, and it's worth a lot of money and they move to Beverly Hills and they get there and although they moved to Beverly Hills, they got the same truck, they wear the same clothes, Granny still looks like Granny. I mean, Jethro is still Jethro. They still got all the animals and everything like that. And God said, that's what the church is like. The church gets born again, a new creation, and the oil comes up. Glory to God. I got ability in the oil of the Spirit of God all over me. Glory to God. And you know what we stay? We stay heavenly hillbillies. Are you born again? Yes. I got no power, though. Are you righteous? I should say not. No, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody knows that. So even though we're out of that, even though we've got the oil, even though we've got the power, even though we've got the ability, we're still thinking like heavenly hillbillies, basically, because even though all heaven is available to us, we're still thinking like we thought a long time ago, praise God. So what do we need to do? We need to adjust our thinking, don't we? We need to sit at home. Sometimes when you're sitting at home and got nothing to do, just think of the power on the inside of you. See, see, meditate on some miracles that the power of God took care of. Those same miracles are available to you because you've got the same Holy Ghost. You don't have a half Holy Ghost. You don't have a part Holy Ghost. You've got the Holy Ghost who's on the inside of you to do these signs, wonders, miracles, and power. And in your own life, you, you shouldn't bow down to depression. You shouldn't bow down to these things. Why? Because you've got a power and ability on the inside of you. These things should not be able to attach themselves to you you because of the power that's on the inside of you and the wisdom that comes forth. I'm telling you, wisdom is important in this day and hour. It's important in your life of what you're going to do it, how you're going to do it, how you're going to adjust. I mean, many times when things get bad, that's when the church prospers. See, I heard one minister say one time that crisis equals opportunity for me. Why? Because he made some adjustments. I mean, even us, we've made some adjustments. Crisis came, we're, we're preaching to 60 people, and what do we do? We adjust, and we're preaching to 400. Does that sound like a crisis to you? See? But notice what it did. It made us do something. A crisis will make you make some decisions. It'll get you out of your little comfort zone where you've been this whole time because you've got to make some adjustments in order to do that. You've got to think different. In order to think different, you've got to draw on the wisdom of God and what He wants to do in your life, for your life, and what He's given you to do in your life. And when you do that, things will start changing in your life. You'll start seeing things different. You'll start reacting different. You'll start adjusting different. Things will start working out. When others are getting darker and darker, we're getting brighter and brighter, praise God. Why? Because we kingdom people. We are people not only in the kingdom, but we've got peace, we've got joy, we've got power, we've got healing, we've got everything that we'll ever need. Because when we enter the kingdom, all those things were included with us, praise God. So you've got power this morning. Say, I've got power on the inside of me. Now the Bible says, lay hands and stir up the gift that's on the inside of people, praise God. And it says, God has not given you a spirit of, but of love, power, and a sound mind.
So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.